0: 44 of the Adelan Rising podcast, where your hosts, Saren, Doc, and Adam, in this episode we discuss Lockjaw number 3, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 30, and Marvel Rising Zero. Hi guys, how are you?
1: Doing okay, how are you?
0: I'm good, it's been a while.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, I'm alright, it's, it's been a month, um, Infinity War is released in that time, <laughs> I just want to say that I wasn't
0: prepared I wasn't prepared I'm sure
2: no one was aware that that happened well yeah (laughs) so so just just to hit this up on a movie
1: came out I didn't know
2: (laughs) (laughs) so so did you guys enjoy it
1: yes because because
2: I I I I was surprised at it and I was surprised that um Mm -hmm. I was surprised at who I enjoyed the most in that movie um yeah so so I've seen it three times and, um, <laughs> yeah, Have I've, I, seen it twice. I spent too much money on it. Um, and, uh, and every single time I went in there, I was like, I was just waiting for the Thor parts, just where it like goes to, to the, uh, Dwarf satellite place. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know what it's called. Um,
1: it's, uh, Peter, yeah, Peter say, Dinklage. yeah
2: yes! uh, there is, there is a massive spoiler alert, by the way, if, if you haven't seen it, but it has been a month, so
0: I'm pretty sure yeah. everyone in the world has pretty much seen it at this point.
2: Yeah, or they've seen all the memes that describe the movie from start to end. So.
0: Oh, speaking speaking of Thor and Valkyrie, apparently Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson are going to be in the new Men in Black film Yeah, spinoffs. Yeah. Just, I'll be seeing that. Anyway, um, on to some Marvel news. We have some news from the television front. Do you want to fill us in, Doc?
1: Oh. Sure. Um, surprising no one, uh, Marvel's Inhumans has been cancelled and will not have a subsequent season, which is sort of sad, um, but also...
0: Not surprising. Uh,
1: yes, kind of a and, mercy kill.
2: And and speaking um, of which, I was reminded this morning that the um, initial uh, release for the Inhumans movie was November of this year, so we would have been expecting um, trailers at this point. Um,
0: oh, that's depressing.
2: Yeah, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah,
1: it's but come, on the good news come front, on quick. Um, uh, Agents of Shield has earned yet another subsequent series, or or half a series. They're going to uh, season uh, thirteen episodes. Um, ep- oh, yeah, season. Sorry, thirteen episode season that will air
0: uh, a year from this summer.
1: Yeah, so it'll be after Infinity War Part Two or whatever they decide the name that um, right. They can,
0: and I am so thankful for that. And actually, I was pretty surprised to hear that because I was fully expecting Agents of Shield to be canceled this year. But apparently, one of the producers for the show, because um, I was I was reading into it. Well, one, if you guys haven't been watching Agents of Shield, um, you should be because it's amazing. And that season finale this year absolutely broke me. Um, <laughs> I was crying on Friday night watching that episode. I was like, "No, why did they?"
2: D- okay. Really good. So, as somebody who doesn't watch changes of Shield, or I, At least I haven't done since series three. Don't That's kill me. I, I I know. I know. I, I've been I've been waiting for season four to be released on Blu-ray, but it just hasn't yet. So,
0: it's really. Oh my god, the season's been amazing. But um, the point was is that um, that does it I tie wanted- into Infinity War? A little bit, yes. Okay. Um, I think it was supposed to tie more into Infinity War than what it wound up doing. But when they moved up the release date a week, it screwed up the filming for Agents of Shield, so they couldn't, in the end, tie it in like they wanted to.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah. It is, They it talk ha- about things happening in New York and Wakanda, but right. Um, we don't. We don't see them. You know, right. half the squad being s- disappeared. So that, terms, yeah, that, like, that, that's kind of what yeah. I was getting at. Yeah.
0: Which is what I think was they initially intended to happen, but it, it couldn't because they moved it up a week. So, um,
2: so they didn't but anyway, go, hey, I feel don't feel so good,
0: right? No, they did not. <laughs> um, spoilers for Infinity War ending Sorry. if you haven't seen that, but anyway, um, one of the people who were on the show they said that, um, the reason it got renewed, even if it was for a shorter season, was because the fan base for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is incredibly, incredibly loyal and vocal. And they they said um that they were going to and that the show does very, very, very well on DVR ratings rather than live viewing. Like it's like when people the delayed viewing for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is really great. So they decided to renew because of that, they decided to renew it for another season, but to air it in the summer um, in a shorter season th- so that they can cater to the fans a bit more than what they have been which Interesting. I'm saying the show's already catered to the fans a whole lot. So I think that that's pretty, pretty cool. Um, I did read an article with entertainment weekly where the showrunners, because if you saw the, the season finale, it could have worked very well as a series finale as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, the showrunners are like, yeah, we weren't expecting to get renewed. And they're like, so now we have a little bit of a corner to write us out of, but we kind of know where we want to go. So, um, I just really—it sucks that we have to wait a year for the show. But considering how well you know the show, considering they moved it to the Friday night Death slot and the ratings it still got, despite that, I've got to say I am thankful we got another season, even if it's a shorter season.
2: Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a nice thing. So, so I think I I I watched up to Ghost Rider, end of Ghost Rider, start of. Um, oh. Yeah, I'm so far behind. But the oh, thing no, is, it's—I so, yeah. don't know if it's on US okay. Netflix, but it's on UK Netflix. So
0: it is. Um, all four seasons of Agents of Shield are currently on US Netflix. Um, I don't know if they're going to wait to put season five on Netflix, or if they're going to wait till Disney's version of Netflix goes live, or not.
2: I, I wouldn't thought well, so at the well, moment. I imagine Netflix probably got a deal or something. But
0: yeah. So.
1: Well, in additional MCU news. Um, you know where they're getting ready to release the Captain Marvel movie um, what next year or oh my later God, next yes. year next february next february and uh, Kevin Feige has also made a tweet oh, in which yes. he, in which <laughs> he <laughs> are you ready uh, In w- which he said that you can bank on there being a Miss Marvel Kamala Khan uh, movie or... or...
0: Was that was in a clip with an interview. I saw a clip with an interview. I didn't yeah, see it was a,
2: cl- I a clip with an interview, basically. Kevin Feige said they've got plans for Kamala Khan.
0: But they have to get right. Carol up and running first.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Right, so that... Um... Uh, you know, depending on how the movie does, and I think it'll do pretty well. Um, if there is a sequel or a spinoff, that it'll definitely involve Kamala. So I am psyched about that. I was, I was about to say, um, come on!
2: When you say I, I'm sure it'll do pretty well, Marvel at this point could like literally polish a turd and put it on TV, and people will still watch it and pay money to go see it. So, <laughs> like, well, I, I do well, mean that jokingly, but humans
1: and uh, well, uh, that yeah. turd just uh, sat on the shelf again. <laughs> No but i mean, like yeah.
0: I'm I, with Cloak and Dagger coming out too on freeform I'm just thinking that for, with the exception of inhumans which I think if they had it which could have been so much better if under different circumstances um I think uh pretty much you could marvels pretty much synonymous with with quality
2: Yeah it, it was like yeah. um it was like uh, there's a tweet from Scott Derrickson mm-hmm. who um directed Doctor Strange I believe um He was basically saying that at Disney they, um, you know, they, they, they don't make, they don't make movies to make money, they make money to make movies. And like loads of people interpreted that, in my opinion, the wrong way, because I think what he's saying is, when Disney make money, they invest that back into their products.
0: Right. They don't like, which is actually what they should be doing
2: well so. yeah but i mean it's like it's like at fox you, you know when right. a movie is is there just because people will go see it. it it's like like look at um fast and the furious franchise you, you know right. that's that's up to what eight or nine now and it's like well right. how the fuck is that still going because it's, it's popular everywhere else yeah exactly yeah, so people like
1: that movie i i've actually never seen any of them but i understand they're. Uh, uh, the fans really dig it. So.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say. I think. I think. Just cool, to say, you know. Well, that's that's it. I, I just think that, you know, there's there's movie studios that make movies to make money, but there's there's other you know Disney's actually pretty good at using the money to make movies. Right. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyway, so let's uh, jump into the comics. Let's jump into comics. Lockjaw number three. Lockjaw.
1: Oh, man, what? <laughs> What a nutty series this is. I uh, love
0: it. It's definitely become one of my favorite series.
2: Yeah. Do you know what, It's a real shame there's only four of them as well. Like, right. Three or
1: four. I have no idea how they're going to squeeze all that plot into one last issue because a lot happens here. It's going to be nuts. We've got out. a very big info dump right in the middle. Um, and Okay, so it's Daniel Kipplesmith along with Carlos Vela. Roberto Poggi, Chris O'Hara... and no, Chris O'Hara... Uh, oh, fuck. Chris ohara whatever, whatever. Good <laughs> Um So, the story so far is that Lockjaw has been stirred to action from this, by way of this mysterious signal that's alerted him that something is, something is wrong and his siblings might be in trouble. So he, telepa- he teleported into action, checking in on his various brothers and sisters about the world And elsewhere. Uh, First, he traveled to Brooklyn to go see Bixby, a long-lived bulldog with a kooky old woman for an (laughs) owner. And this put him into contact with retired superhero and all-around fun character Dennis Dumfries, aka D-Man. d standing for a variety of different things from demolition to depression to. I don't even remember. Um, Can
0: you remember half of the D's he's come up with?
1: <laughs> yes, lots of different D's. They then, they then traveled together to the uh, Savage Land, met Zabu and Kazar, um, and also met Lockjaw's sister, the Great Beast, who's awesome, and his <laughs> own favorite. pack of wolves. <laughs> so, in this issue, they make another teleportation, this time to a much more Removed location. They actually end up at um, uh, Universe Eight Three One One, which is a ga- uh, an alternative reality that is uh, populated by animal anthropomorphic <laughs> versions of the Marvel characters. So you know you got Smile you got Spider fiber. Ham and uh,
0: my Fiber freaking dolphin,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, before, so the making this teleport uh, into another universe really drains Lockjaw's powers. And so um, D-Man is kind of left on his own to fend off uh, the Wrecking Zoo, which is an animal <laughs> version of the Wrecking Crew uh, led by the Whisker. And,
2: it's his some whiskey business.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. So it's a, a magical whisk and I think he's a cat uh there's there's a dolphin version of piledriver it it, basically every animal uh, version has to have a pun in his name some better some worse um i couldn't i guess thunder owl was was a bit of a stretch but he was fun well good news is that the friendly neighborhood spider ham who is a pig version of spider-man shows up in time to uh to help D-Man fend off these uh, animalistic invaders, um, so uh, after webbing them up, uh, Spider-Ham leads D-Man and um, and and Lockjaw to a secret laboratory where they meet Doc-Jaw, who is. <laughs> An anthropomorphic version of Lockjaw's sister, who is very cool and wears glasses and is smart. Um, uh, She was uh, the protege of Mooster Fantastic, uh, who is Mr. Fantastic or Reed Richards, but he's also a moose. So, Mooster Fantastic. Um,
0: It was great.
1: (laughs) I, uh... And herein we get a big uh, sort of plot yeah, this, reveal. This,
2: this or... is where it just like it just completely changes from this like totally non serious book to like just something that just like
0: info dump. Yeah,
2: like what?
1: So um... here's the story, and and Doc Jaw, who's able to talk, is able to kind of tell the man and us the readers the whole deal. What happened was that uh, Lockjaw's mom was a dog that the in some unscrupulous inhuman scientist, I guess we can just say inhuman scientists because they're all unscrupulous, uh, so some unscrupulous inhuman scientists conducted experiments on lockjaw's mom with with the terigen and created a litter of puppies um, each with different powers, although the most significant of which was lockjaw, whom they decided to keep. Right. what became of his siblings was heretofore unknown. What what actually happened was that Lockjaw used his teleportation powers to uh, find homes for the uh, various brothers and sisters around the universe and multiverse. Um, Bixby was sent to New York, uh, the Beast to the Savage Land, um, uh, Dockjaw was sent to Earth 8311, and upon Arriving there, the anthropomorphic sphere changed her into an anthropomorphic version of herself where she could talk and walk, whatever. Um, and then another one, a, a yet-to-be-seen sibling, was left in the negative zone. Um, and in the negative zone, it was bad news. There's a, This is a violent realm that's lorded over by the powerful Annihilus who is this, you, everyone knows Annihilist. Well, most people know nihilist. He's like a, um, he's this despot bug monster guy who's plagued the Fantastic Four numerous times, and all he wants to do is destroy everything and everyone, and he's been constantly trying to find access to the multiverse so that he can spread his nihilistic blight of terror and destruction. He sensed Lockjaw's teleporting power when he stumbled into the negative zone and has been seeking out some way of capturing Lockjaw so that he can reverse engineer him and use his teleportation powers to gain constant access to uh, the other realms. Um, mm. So, uh, Jaw found out this was happening, so she created a beacon that would alert Lockjaw to what's going on, and ho- hopefully draw him in, so that um, they can save their brother from Annihilus, and also, uh, I guess, defeat Annihilus. But Lockjaw doesn't remember how he teleported to the Negative Zone, and so in order to figure it out, D-Man has to travel into Lockjaw's subconscious dreamscape to uh, somehow ascertain this, you know, unconscious information or something like that. I don't know. And Doc Jaws, I mean, uh, D-Man's like, I, I don't want to do that, and Doc Jaws is like, well, you kind of have to, because you're a hero, and uh, you are you are Lockjaw's uh, emotional support human. Yes! <laughs> um, support <laughs> human. Which is the best line in the book. Um, oh, so, dear. you know, D-Man, this whole time, he's been going on this sort of, like, reluctant hero's journey, trying to rediscover his path in the world and he's like, well, all right, you're right. I got to do this. So he straps into this machine and he's sent into the dreamscape and, and which is a pretty horrific little place. And, and uh, the illustrators do a wonderful job of, of, distinguishing what is the dreamscape because it's, it's yeah. drawn and colored in completely different fashion. That's quite neat. And uh, they're both kind of assailed by nightmare uh, manifestations and whatnot. One is like uh, one of D Man's old teachers whom he hated. Uh, and then there's other monsters and whatnot. And But these monsters are zapped out of. Uh, uh, are, are destroyed by uh, the arrival of a mysterious new ally uh, known as Sleepwalker. And he's mm-hmm. got a, a dog himself. I don't know if the dog's related to Lockshow or not, but his what's his name? He's got a fun oh, name.
0: The dog does have a fun name. Oh, is it like
1: Dog Walker? Oh, no, wait, hang on. Dog Walker, yes, Dog Walker, which, um, (laughs) now Sleepwalker is a, is like a 1990s hero at a short series that I never read, but apparently it's a fun series. I I love that, uh, that Smith has just been drawing, uh, you know, from deep in the hat of, uh, of characters, and so, um, in any case, uh, that's where the issue ends with, um, with them meeting Sleepwalker and, and how things will proceed from there, how they will ultimately defeat Annihilus and save Lockjaw's brother, living in who's captured in the Negative Zone, remains to be seen. Well, we won't have to wait too long. I think it's coming out next month, um, and we'll find out. It's very exciting and silly. Yeah, and fun. I was gonna say
2: I, I don't. I don't think there's been. I, I think this episode. I I actually laughed out loud. I actually lolled. Um, Old. There's there's one picture that like every every dog owner can kind of appreciate, which is when Spider Ham is is trying to push Lockjaw onto the bench. Yes, and it's just the expression on Lockjaw's face it's like, oh, what are right? you
0: doing? No, my favorite quote from this this issue was how D Man's like, great, I'm gonna die, and my mother was right. What was it? Hold on, I. I what was it? I just laughed my ass off. Yeah, just,
2: uh, I've got uh, open it open
0: here. Right, um, not only am I going to die, but my mom was right about cartoon violence being harmful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and just as he was about to fight the um, wrecking zoo, and I was just like, that's hysterical.
2: Jill, G- I, I think I think Daniel Kibblesmith should just get comics like these because they're just so
1: awesome. Right up just
2: like, like, I mean, I mean, the fact that they've got uh, Annihilus as the like the, the main villain of the series, which actually had like like you had Annihilation, which is which is quite a dark book,
1: and then you've got this, yeah. <laughs>
2: which
1: right. is like it's what, like,
0: right?
2: Yeah,
1: oh, but it's yeah. I mean, like, I was half expecting the big bad guy to be like Doctor Bong from <laughs> uh, Howard the Duck what? or something.
0: <laughs> no, now we've got an actual like legit
1: villain. Nonsense. yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, like, holy cow. I, I wonder how he's going to cram it into issue four, though, because that's going to be, like, tough to fix. A lot. Yeah. So,
1: looking... here's my question that I was left a little uncertain about. The the hamsters who flew around in the flying saucer and attacked uh, both Bixby and the beast, are those Analysis agents?
0: <laughs> I would assume
1: so. Yeah. That was my guess, too, but I'm not sure. It, um,. Well they, i they, don't know if there's yet another faction cuz i don't remember there being any hamsters in the negative zone i mean i'm sure there could be but I
2: mean, they they kind of looked like they were coming out of the void in um in in the book but then again it could have been um agents from doc rather than and and i
1: Yeah but why would she why
0: would she send doc, doc like hamsters to hurt him
1: Yeah they oh, they, they point, were yeah. not nice hamsters yeah, they
0: were so not nice. They, they were evil.
2: And they do look like they're coming out of the negative zone. So,
1: yeah, they really do look like they're coming out of the negative zone.
0: <laughs> but why would well, he... as you
1: two yeah. pointed out, uh, hamsters are not nice critters, apparently.
0: They're not. They're not.
2: So
1: they're suitable agents for a Nihilist to work with.
2: I, I would I, think so. I do remember owning a hamster and it bit my finger, and it was like the most painful experience of my life to date. So... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but you're still pretty young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. I was like, I don't know, fourteen when I had a hamster.
1: So.
0: Hamsters uh. are bad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: hamsters. We're alienating the entire hamster I th- I owning population. Is, is, is that going to be the? Sorry, the epi- if you that... like
0: hamsters, I I'm sorry.
2: I think I think uh, well I think one of those is going to be the episode, the episode title. If you own a hamster, I'm sorry. Yes.
1: <laughs> But, that um, strange I... cross-section of, of, of hamster owners who also are fans of the Inhumans. There's <laughs> yeah. like two of them out there, and they're like, oh, man, <laughs> you guys really let me down.
0: How can you talk about hamsters like that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Too but... brutal.
2: Um, <laughs> okay. just, just think, in some other universe, Lockjaw was a hamster. Oh, jeez,
0: not.
2: If you can imagine it, it exists. Evil
0: Lockjaw. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hamster... Uh, Hamjool, log- yeah. Blockster. Ham jaw. Ha- yeah, ham-jaw. that'd be good. No, no, no. Oh. I don't know. Spider-Ham
0: would have something to say about that, I think.
1: I don't know. I would, I would fail the Pepsi challenge. If someone like showed me a hamster and a gerbil and said, which is which, I'd be like, ah, that <laughs> one? I forget what a gerbil looks like.
0: They have tails. It looks
2: like a hamster.
1: Oh, that's the difference? A tail?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure gerbils have tails and they're a little bit, like, less rotund. <laughs>
1: Oh, I was say so I maybe was. the whole like uh, uh, sort of uh all the aggression on the part of hamsters are just upset, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I just, just I just
0: think gerbils like hop too, like gerbils are like little like they look like little teeny kangaroos. Hold on now I gotta google it
1: <laughs> no no no, we can just move on yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> we can we can we we can record the rest of this episode is, is
0: that- oh no, they do look a little bit like hamsters. I lied I'm thinking I'm thinking of another. Animal,
2: guinea pigs.
0: No, no, gerbils do have tails. They do have tails. I was right. Oh,
2: they have no reason to be so mean. Anyway, Moon, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur is good this month, guys. I mean, oh, I oh man, three,
1: four, what yeah. a
0: great issue.
1: Oh dear, do you want to give great us? Thoughts. The Fantastic Three story arc comes to its fantastic conclusion by the fantastic and Glyph Award-nominated crew of Brendan Monclair, Natasha Bustos, and Tamra Bonvillain. Hey, sir, um, sir, what we, a fun we,
2: issue! We we need to get them we'll get them on the show.
1: Yeah, be um, fun. Like,
2: yeah.
1: Um, well, we spoke to uh, uh, Brendan Monclair and and Amy Reader uh, right around the uh, Cosmic Cooties story. I yeah, yeah.
2: That was that was what <clears throat> that was uh, episode six, I think. Wow, wow, nearly forty. So episodes here's the
1: situation: wow. the evil Super squirrel has come to Earth and created a terrible machine with stolen components that has the effect of opening up a, uh, a a hole into the antimatter universe or something like that, and somehow this is beckoning forth the Omnipotous, which is this being of unlimited destruction who will destroy not only the Earth, but the entirety of the universe. Um, <clears throat> it's just the sort of crisis that used to be right up the Fantastic Four's alley. Unfortunately, the Fantastic Four are not around anymore, and hence it has fallen on Lunella's shoulders to put together a new Fantastic Four and find the perfect balance of brains, brawn, and heart needed to stop the Super scroll and save the day. To this end, Moon Girl has teamed up with the remaining members of the FF, Ben Grimm, the Thing, and Johnny Storm, the Human Torch. They're a pretty formidable squad, but they weren't uh, able to prevail. There was something missing, some key ingredient that, you know, got in the way of them creating cohesion and working together as a team. They weren't able to recreate that magic that made the original Fantastic Four so you know, much more powerful than some of their individual parts. Fantastic. This was sort of a... Yeah. Somewhat. It, <laughs> Sorry. Vanilla looked at this as sort of like a math problem. The solution actually was anything but mathematical. She figured it out, though. She used her Omniwave projector to go into the multiverse and pluck out Devil Dinosaur, who showed up, complete in his own Fantastic Four onesie. So cute. <laughs> yeah. now, now the Fantastic Four was full. There was four members, and they had all of those key ingredients that made them better than the sum of their parts. They had that X-Factor they needed to save the day, and they attacked. They uh, take on the Super Scroll, while meanwhile, uh, Galactus and the Silver Surfer are doing their best to keep... Omnipotence at bay and prevent her from entering into the positive reality, positive matter reality or something like that. So anyways, a good old-fashioned super battle ensues right on the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, super Scroll's a tough customer. He's uh, He's been more than a match for the real Fantastic Four, um, but the team always finds a, uh, a way, some sort of an X-Factor that steps in to sway the battle their, their way, and, and something literally steps in this time as a uh, in the heat of the battle, Devil Dinosaur just steps on the Super scroll, uh, catching the villain off guard and squishing him underneath this giant dinosaur. <laughs> can,
0: can, can we talk about how, because that was my favorite part, you just flattened scroll, like on Devil Dinosaur's foot, and I'm just like, it was just how, like, how Natasha Bustos drew that with, with the colors was absolutely fantastic, and I saw that and I laughed my ass off.
2: 'cause yeah, that like was hilarious. On your <laughs> it's just it's just the, the cartoon um aspect. That's that's what I absolutely adore about this book. It's just it, it it does just play like a cartoon. And it's just got those like cartoon tropes. You know, if you watch Looney Tunes on a Saturday or whatever when you're a kid, it's just those traditional kind of little crosses for eyes when you faint and stuff. Like, yeah. It's just... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Why is
0: this not an so. animated series yet?
1: Soon. Soon. Yep. The uh, Super Squirrel is defeated, and, uh, ben, and Johnny, ben and Johnny are able to disable the machine, causing the doorway between realities to close. And uh, Lunella quickly flies off uh, to that gateway between realms to tell Galactus and the Silver Surfer to disengage and, and get away. And uh, defeated, the Omnipotence offers some discouraging words. She's like, All right, Moon Girl, you might have won this time. But I'll be back. Nothing can prevent entropy. Um, the universe will not last forever. Um, all things die, and I'll be back. And it's kind of a harsh truth about the nature of reality, and Lunella takes it in in, in, in stride. She's like, yeah, better luck next time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, the gate closes. Everything is great. Um, the day is saved, and it's Yay. all thanks to this new version of the Fantastic Four. And Ben and Johnny, they're more than ready to go on their team's next adventure, but Lunella, she realizes something. She realizes this is not the real Fantastic Four. She, you know, They've done what they needed to do, but um, what's quite clear is that Ben and Johnny need to get their act together and go find their real family. Somewhere out there, Reed, Sue, and the kids are out there, and it's up to the thing and the Human Torch. It's their destiny to find a way to reattain wholeness by discovering them. And that, that kind of segues into what's been happening in um, Zdarsky and Chung's uh, Marvel 2-in-1 series, which has been uh, all about Ben and Johnny trying to find Reed, Sue, and the kids. So this sort of like acts as a prequel to that series. Um, and a nice way to, to conclude things, because, um, you know, Moon Girl has her own adventures to go on. So... After they depart, uh, we get a nice little scene in the park where Lunella and Devil Dinosaur finally get to kinda of bask and they're being reunited and and Lunella says, you know, I'm so sorry, I was wrong. I thought you would you were better off on your own in your own universe, in your own dimension that, you know. Downtown Manhattan's not exactly a great place for a dinosaur, but they were meant to be and she, she's sorry that she had uh, left him behind, and he clearly accepts her apology by giving her a big old kiss, and um, it's a really nice sort of uh, little happy conclusion. Yeah, um, it's, it's almost like a really nice reunion, really. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And, uh, and next issue, um, Amy Reeder comes back for a, a brief spell to, uh, to re, uh, re-engage her team, her, uh, writing partnership with, uh, Brendan Montclair. They're going to do a, a standalone 31st issue, which is all about the, uh, dangers of smoking and how, uh, young people can resist, uh, you know, cigarette advertisers that, directly are tailored towards younger audiences. So that should be an interesting issue. Yes. Um, uh, but I, I really love this this uh, arc. I thought it was a lot of fun. I think that, you know, we get this really n- nice oh, sort of like...
0: speaking of really fun, oh. Doc, your uh, letter and your fan art got posted in the back on the letters page.
1: Yes, it did. <laughs> that was, yeah. That was...
2: Quite neat. I, um, I, I have to admit, your um your paper art is, is brilliant. I, I, I know oh, well, thank you. I know the fact that I own some and it's um, it has got pride of place. Um as I'm looking at it right now up on my shelves. Um I actually want to get some frames for it. Just just say. Yeah.
1: Oh, well, so, yeah. I was quite honored that they republished that. Um and uh <laughs> and um yes, that was cool. Be. Yeah.
0: Yes,
2: but this
1: this book,
2: so is, this book is similar to Lockjaw. It's just such a fun book, and um, right. Yeah, if you're not
0: reading this, you should be because I know Adam was late to the Moon Girl hype train.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't start until well, literally until we did this started this podcast, which I think was about issue eight by the time we started, something like that.
0: And I had been uh, telling you for like six months that you need to read it, and you didn't <laughs> listen to me.
2: Yeah, I didn't There's listen like, to you about a lot of stuff.
0: Spider Woman.
2: But yeah. you, you know. Quite, yeah, I, 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 I've read. Not
0: going to steer you wrong, Adam. I'm
2: like, not. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, right? <laughs> I now own every Spider Woman book from like volume two.
1: Well, it is a fun book. I think that um, some people uh, see it as an all ages book and kind of steer away because they don't think they're going to get the the kind of uh, comic book action they're used to. But it, it, it's oh, really uh, it's so accessible good. to older and younger readers alike. There's, it's smart. It does, it's not dumbed down at all, um, See, that but must, it's still very. It's,
0: yeah, you know, I'm surprised they didn't use Lunella for Marvel Rising.
1: Well, I think they um, they decided that um, to give her her own series.
0: That's true. Yeah.
1: I mean, I still say... think
0: she would have been good. I think she could have been. She could have done both, though. But
1: well, you know, it, it's uh, I hear what you're saying that there are books that have that feel, and um, if you don't you know, look under the surface, you can think, oh, this is just a dumb kid's book. But I re- I bought, my niece asked me to buy it for her, and I did, uh, the the Gwenpool Trey Pitteracks. And, you know, I, she read them, she loved them, and then and I read them. And I was like, wow, this is a really smart book. This is really well done. Mm-hmm. I, I had no interest in Gwenpool whatsoever, but um, that is some top-notch comic book action right there. Um, highly recommended so that, does um, that and, that mean, I, and the same thing sorry carry on What I was about to say does that mean
2: you're going to be catching uh, West Coast Avengers
1: oh yeah well that's by Kelly Thompson and, and, that's and, and Stefano Caselli like, that's, that's a no
0: brainer why would you not yeah. get that <laughs> <laughs> why would you not if you've got Kelly Thompson and Stefano Caselli on a book together like yes you get that book
1: they could be doing uh, Omega the Unknown relaunch and then still be <laughs> reading it.
2: <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> who? Who exactly?
0: Exactly. <laughs> That's the point. Like if, if, if you've got Kelly Thompson, who's arguably one of the best writers in Marvel right now, and certainly one of the hottest, there's a reason they made her Marvel exclusive. And you've got Stefano Caselli, who, if you recall how beautiful all new Inhumans was... And, well, I mean,
2: it was and, all right. Well, Adam's guys. a big it Iron Man fan, right.
1: fan.
0: <laughs> and yeah, an Iron Heart. And, and yeah. I'm just like, why? Why would you not pick up West Coast Avengers? I mean, I mean, seriously.
1: Well, what, well, well. Of- I do know some people who 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 are who actively dislike. Miss America Chavez and Kid Omega Quentin choir so they might be a little reluctant but, yeah, but I'm the, hoping you know, that, that that book is a success. If, if you're no.
2: not if you're not a fan of a character you're not going to pick up that book so you know that's, um, that's fair enough. I don't even
0: know who half the people are and honestly I'm not I, I don't know who half the people on the team are and while I like Kate Bishop and, and America Chavez I would probably have passed the book if it wasn't for the mm. creative team. Well, you
2: see that's the thing. I I I think I I saw it and then I was kind of like, yeah, I'm going to pick that up just cuz the characters cuz it was a really distinct team. Um cool. but but just gone off on a tangent. We we well, we've just gone on a tangent. But um talking about like the Fantastic 4 returning and that sort of thing. I'm definitely picking up Fantastic 4 on on your suggestion, Doc.
0: Yes.
1: So All right. Well, I hope it doesn't let you down.
2: I uh, I well, I'm sure it won't because um as long as it's kind of, sort of a, a little bit sci-fi, a little bit kind of what Fantastic Four are known for, I'm sure
1: I'll be fine. You know. Well, I mean, I, I think Dan Slott's a great writer, but he is and when, he, when he hits, he hits it hard, and when he misses, yes. he well, misses by a lot. Yes. Well,
0: his Silver Surfer run was
2: pretty yeah, but that's great. but that's the thing. Silver Surfer was like it was. That's what I think was that's what Doc kind of meant is that Silver Surfer was amazing.
1: Um,
0: but Spider-Man many could hit it. or miss, but maybe. Maybe this is something new, so it'll be good.
1: I'm looking forward to And Sarah Pacelli, man.
0: Dead, oh, yeah. I often. mean, that showed Like, the artwork is going to be freaking out of this world anyway if we've got Sarah Pacelli on art. So, you know.
2: Yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, huh. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and, yeah, my I think it's the first time I've actually got a Fantastic Four book. So, other than the Age of Ultron right. tie-in.
1: Well, speaking of brand new books, uh, a couple weeks ago also... Um, showed us uh, Marvel Rising Number Zero.
0: What um, a fun book. And that with, was like a team-up very long overdue.
1: Yeah. A very steep will, price tag on this one.
0: Um, just for the author is Dove. Who is it? Dove. Dove. I'm really bad with names. She's going to kill me because I was just talking to her. We're going to have the author Devin, on the show. Devin. De- that's it. I'm Devin thinking Devin Grayson. And I was thinking Dove Cameron, who's the voice of Spider-Gwen in the cartoon that's coming out. And that's oh, where I got She into... also
1: played a character in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
0: Yeah, she was Ruby on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Actually, we've got in the cartoon, there are three. We've got Chloe Bennett, who will be voicing Daisy, which, obviously. Um, Dove Cameron, who played Ruby on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., will be voicing um, Spider-Gwen. And then Ming-Na Wen, who is Agent May, will be doing um, Hala, the Accuser. So we've got three Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cast members nice. voicing cool. characters, but anyway, yes, Devin Grayson um, will be on the show once the book is released. She's got a lot to say and a lot of cool stuff, so I'm.
1: Well, it was a really fun issue, and, uh, and I was joking about the uh, price tag. It was there. It was um, free. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah,
0: but anyway, this comic, I have high hopes for it because if, if the rest of it is like this, this issue. We're in for a fun ride.
2: Yeah, I mean, if this is what you get for free, imagine what you get when you actually pay for it. <laughs>
1: well, it's an interesting uh, little shift, because whereas this issue is free, uh, uh, Marvel Rising Alpha, which I think is scheduled for August or July, July. Um, will, will be five bucks. So, gee, that's a big jump. But, that's going to uh, be a big
0: yeah. issue, though, I think. It sounds it's like usually with those Alpha issues, they're a lot longer.
1: Well, yeah. Well, anyways, it's, it's by Devin Grayson on writing and Marco Falia on art, and he's great. And yeah. uh, Rachel Rosenberg does the colors, Rochelle. and she's awesome too. Rochelle, Rochelle. is it Rochelle? Because I, I always thought it, on, on, it
0: is on... Rochelle. It's
1: R A C H E L Rosenberg on colors. And it's a long, long, long overdue team up between Miss Marvel and the unbeatable Squirrel Girl, who I. I love both a, of them. What a great team! <laughs> yeah, this is this is a you know chocolate and peanut butter, two great tastes that go great together. Um, well, so, I don't right, know. here's I just, the story. I,
2: I don't agree with that. I'm sorry.
1: Chocolate, all right, paint, fine. Chocolate. Peanut butter and jelly, whatever. That's, that's even gross cool. oh, oh, yeah? You
0: and your anti peanut butter, go eat your Marmite. <laughs> all
1: right. <laughs> go have some boiled turnips. <laughs> Some bangers and mash. Oh, Bangers um, and mash
2: is, is great, okay? Like sausage and okay, mash yeah. and, and peas is the greatest thing
1: known to man. Just yeah. All right. In- anyway. English cuisine notwithstanding. Um, okay, the adventure takes place at the Howard Stark Institute for Technological Excellence. Um, Kamala Khan has accompanied a group of students for a tour of the facility, and the tour guide is none other than Doreen Green, a uh, scoregirl who we can assume is interning for college credits or something like that. Um tour is rudely interrupted by a group of renegade AIM dudes. Now, AIM, Advanced Idea Mechanics, is this group of, of scientists who will stop at nothing in their pursuit of knowledge. They had been good for a little while under the leadership of Roberto de Costa or Sunspot, but I guess a fraction has splintered off return to their evil and mercenary. And
0: as, as, as I think either Kamala or, or Squirrel Girl said, or both, it was only a matter of time anyway. Yeah. So, go.
1: <laughs> go so, ahead. the AIM goons invade the Institute, <laughs> apprehending the various students and forcing them to go through some sort of genetic scan. They're looking for something in particular. Both uh, Kamala and Doreen each manage to sneak off to change into their respective superhero guises, and it isn't long before Ah, uh, the AIM infiltrators find themselves squaring off against the the combined might of Miss Marvel and Squirrel Girl. Uh, a battle ensues, and Miss um, Marvel uses her beginning powers to grab and push and punch the various villains. While Squirrel Girl flips and jumps and hits the bad guys, um, and Squirrel Girl also makes sure that none of the precious items in the uh, in the museum are damaged. Uh, uh, so both of them are actually quite happy and surprised to see each other they have they haven't met before but are mutual admirers and they get along famously right from the get go um both are superhero fan girls and uh they're excited to recreate um a speedball special or no I'm sorry a fastball special which is an old X-Men move where Colossus throws Wolverine um so this time Miss Marvel throws uh, squirrel Girl, allowing her to jump over the throng of bad guys and open the doors, allowing her army of squirrels to <laughs> to enter into the building and uh, make short work of what's left of the AIM goons. Um, now, most of them get apprehended, but one is uh, able to escape, and he was also successful in identifying one of the students as possessing uh the genetic markers for inhuman powers. Um her name is Ember Quad and she's a latent inhuman who's been uh bestowed by Terra Genesis with the ability to absorb and weaponize huge amounts of energy. Now some villain unseen uh wants to use this uh young woman and the uh escaped aim scientist uh sends him or her The information, uh, by email, um, and, um, this unseen villain is very excited about the prospect of, uh, of capturing and utilizing this young woman Ember's powers. I'm sure we'll see what becomes of that in the next installment. But it's a very fun story. It's got, it's a very much an all ages comic with, uh, with action and dialogue meant to be accessible to both older and younger Uh, readers. You know, the story is a bit pat, you know, with villains once more looking to exploit young superpowered beings for their own sinister purposes, but it's still a lot of fun, and uh, the art is just dynamic and and, and, and cool to look at, Um, and it's just so great to see Squirrel Girl and Miss Marvel together. These are two heroes who have you know, quickly uh, uh, or two of my favorites, and, and seeing them together is, is a blast.
0: Uh, and um, they are fun together. Like They are so much fun together. I'm surprised they haven't teamed up before this. i got to be honest, and I'm so glad that we finally got to see it.
1: Yeah. Now, Marvel Rising is, is meant to be kind of a, a new initiative uh to kind of like an invitation letter to a broader audience because the characters involves uh you know not just Miss Marvel and Squirrel Girl but also Spider Gwen and Captain Marvel and, and Inferno and Quake and Mockjaw oh, who else and Miss America. It's yeah. it's a much more diverse crowd with uh oh and also Patriot. Uh with um you know, diverse in terms of gender, diverse in terms of uh, the characters' ethnicities, diverse in terms of uh, sexual orientation, and I can see a lot of your more kind of older or jaded fans kind of cringing, quote unquote, cringing at this uh, kind of politically correct team. But I I hope that that doesn't happen because um, I think there's the the world of comics and superheroes is easily large enough to accommodate. Everyone uh, A broader audience, and that we can have, you know, your your standard issue old school heroes like Iron Man and Thor and whatnot fighting in the Avengers, and at the same time, this newer generation of a more diverse group of heroes fighting for justice uh, with uh, Marvel Rising, and um, I think it's a it's great, and I also like that it's completely unapologetic in its aim. It's like we're hey we're we're <laughs> we're a new team of heroes we're 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 a new group of things and and check it out um and uh so i recommend it
0: yeah I, I was a lot of fun and if you if you want you know once again it's like along the same veins as like you know um lockjaw and and um moon girls it's just if you want a, a book that's got a lot of action and it's just a lot of fun this is definitely one you're going to want to pick up. I can't wait till Carol comes in. And I would, I'm would i intrigued to see how they bring in Gwen Stacy. Because um, I think in this series, she'll be known as Ghost Spider.
1: Right. I don't Ghost know
0: Star. if they're going to be working her into the 616 universe in the future. Um, At the end of the Spider-Gwen series by Jason Latour. Or how that's that's going to work and how she gets that name. I'm kind of intrigued to see what they do with that, actually. <laughs> Well, well if she
1: takes on a new name, it sort of suggests that she's uh, become part of this universe and now needs to hide her identity because right. one doesn't usually have their name in their code name. And right. also, it's the fact that,
2: like, um, like, Miles Morales is getting the Spider or, yeah, Spidey name. Um, they're also sort of getting, seem to get, like, a bit of a, a rename, rebrand sort of thing. Right. Which is, you know, I, I suppose it's fine in
1: a way. Again, uh, I'm not, I'm against it, but that's for another day. What, yeah,
0: for, uh, the what the Miles Morales rename?
1: I he should be Spider-Man. There's more than I mean, there's more than one Green Lantern. Why can't right. there be more than one Spider-Man? Yeah, and there's more yeah, than no, one Spider Woman. So.
0: well, there is, but at this point, I think there's so many Spider Women that because you've got Maddie Franklin, you've got Jessica Drew, the first the original and also the best. You've got Julia Carpenter. You've got so I can see why Gwen (laughs) Stacy would be Ghost Spider instead of Spider Woman because if she's coming into six one six, I think Jess would have something to say about that. That's all I'm saying.
2: (laughs) And she can't really be Spider Girl, I suppose.
0: No, because you have Anya Corazon Spider
1: Girl. Yeah. Well, ghost spider's fine with me. I don't that that I have no problem with. Actually I don't know if you guys know about anything about spiders, but the ghost spider is a really interesting arachnoid.
0: Oh there you
1: have it. <laughs> why why are they um, interested, well, Doc? But Please. you've got
0: a lot of spiders
1: are cool. I've, I've had them numerous them. patients who have spider interests, so I've i read right 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 up on the spiders creep me out. Hey, no, like hey, you, spiders I, 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 kill
0: bugs, yeah. so that's good. I hate um, but what I've noticed is that you've got a lot of inhumans on this team. I mean other than Miss Marvel, you've got Inferno and Quake.
1: So and
0: and lockjaw so you've got you've got four Inhumans on this team which i thought was very cool and pretty interesting so and it's also um a team that's a majority of women except for inferno and i think patriot
2: yeah patriot yeah and lockjaw so this is what i think i I think (laughs) i suggested it just before the show that um whilst i i think marvel have kind of given up their push on the inhumans they're still kind of keeping them in the Oh yeah. Not not even in the background. They are they are just there. I mean
0: Yeah, and that's how it should be.
2: Yeah, they're not going anywhere. And I'm I'm really glad that they're not they're not like, you know, forcing several different thousand books.
0: Oh, Unless... we've got Ember too, because Ember's an inhuman. There yeah.
1: You know.
2: Um
0: five inhumans.
1: But yeah, no, well, I, it's, it's really
2: good. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah.
1: You can kind of bifurcate the inhumans into these two camps. You got New Inhumans, the, or New Humans, which includes and
0: Frank McGee's been in Daredevil.
1: Right. Which includes uh, Miss Marvel and Inferno. And then you have the Royal Inhumans and who are going to be the focus of Death of the Inhumans by Donna and Cates and Ariel a little bit. Oh, I, can't, I can't wait for that. Boy, that looks like it's going to be epic. a rough go. A rough go, but epic. Yeah.
2: A couple of months now. Um, well just over a month actually isn't it because i mean june yeah. starts next week so well a couple of weeks yeah this year is just flying by
0: yeah but um so that's going to be freaking off the wall i really can't wait for it but um yeah i'm also worried but i can't wait
2: i am i think i'm less worried than i was now now that they've kind of released like synopses and or synopses rather um and that kind of stuff i'm actually quite looking forward to it it's just being a really good story so, yeah, you know, and, but and, I
1: think from what we can tell, the inhumans who are on Earth, the new humans, will be largely not involved in this particular adventure. Right? Yeah. That those aren't the inhumans who will be dying. <laughs> we'll just say
2: that.
0: Yeah, well, I,
1: I, um, I swear I read
2: somewhere that like the based one of the synopses, um, like the, basically they destroy Atalan,
1: I think. Well, they destroy Adelan, but I think it's an Adelan that's situated on the moon, because if, if, if the
0: because on the moon, it's Arctalan now.
1: Yes. Well, here's what I think. I think that, um, Cates wrote up this whole deal before royals happened. Um, maybe even before much of in, Uncanny in humans. Um, yeah, and it sounds that,
0: like he had that pitch for a while.
1: And then I think it will begin. With New Adelaide having already been resituated to the moon, because there's no way the Kree attack New York and the rest of the Marvel right. heroes don't get involved.
0: Right. Um,
1: and that it might be bad news for characters we love, like Iso or Naja, or, boy, it even looks pretty tough for Triton. And somehow Gorgon's back, too, so I don't know how they're going to address that. But, um,.
0: I guess we'll find it out. It looks
1: as though the main characters are going to be Crystal, Black Bolt, Gorgon, and Karnak, um, and Lockjaw. Yes, and Crystal. That, I hope she, if she um, dies, they're going to riot. Okay. I'm hoping they won't. Um, but I'm thinking that a lot of universal humans and a lot of sort of regular citizens of Adelan will not fare well in, right. in this uh, upcoming Carnage. We shall see. I'm looking forward to it. Yep.
2: So. so so just just a uh, quicker just just because we kind of covered issue one um, in the last episode what did you guys think of think of exiles two and three I mean I, I I thought they were really
1: good I'm
0: very confused I think there's a lot of jumping around and I don't know if it's because I didn't sleep last night when I was trying to catch up but I'm very lost. <laughs>
1: Well, well it's, uh, it's a breakneck speed pick- uh, plot. That's just yeah, I mean, all it, over the place. We, we basically jump
2: around to try and get the, the the team together, and it just always seems to end with hey, a time here, he's come back again. Oh no. um So, Wolvie joined the team. In issue two. <laughs> yeah. <an> issue two. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, I, I, I had to screenshot a picture um of that issue, which is literally like, new friends, hi, my name's Wolvie. <laughs> Cause it's just the most ridiculous scene and i'm just like wow <laughs>
1: um it's, I, uh. it's a long, it's basically a big chase yeah they're being they're, they're running from this this wave of entropy that's destroying time and accruing new teammates and interesting characters from all about the multiverse um and it's it's fun it's silly it's breakneck speed um the art by um
0: Oh, the art! Rodriguez the and company is
1: amazing.
0: Oh no, he he never Javier Rodriguez never lets me down in the art department, and I have to say, the scene in number three with Atlantis that was pretty funny. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that,
2: that was funny stuff. That was ridiculous. I'm sorry. That was just
0: also his Peggy Carter. I am here for Captain America.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, solo uh, comic,
0: I would read the shit out
1: of it. Yeah, uh, oh, it's interesting. But, because I think that um, uh, uh, writer Saladin Ahmed really shows his versatility because he's got Exiles, which is this very goofy, fun, and interesting story, juxtaposed with the first issue of Quicksilver: No Surrender, which is a much more serene, introspective uh, uh, comic, and uh, it. To to figure out, oh my god, this is the same writer. He's he's able to employ such vastly different styles. It's quite impressive. Yeah, I
2: think I think Black Bolt and and Exiles. You know, because Black Bolt came out the the last. Black Bolt came out the same day as was the same week or month or whatever as um, Exiles one. I think we saw there kind of like the the differences.
1: Um, But but I'm enjoying Exiles. Yeah, I recommend that book. Uh, I think if I had more. Less, less to do. I'd certainly write up reviews for for the website. But yeah,
2: I mean, right. I, I think I think I might I might do thing. that because I really like Exiles. And it's yeah, really get on work, it. So, and and you do all the you do all the
1: reviews. So, uh,
0: right? <laughs> I'm the slacker here. So,
1: yeah, you, I do all you the get all the cool and people, people, I Never so. edit my work.
2: Right. Well, because you leave those little dots at the end of the bloody posts. <laughs>
1: uh, yes. <yeah. laughs>
2: Sorry. Sorry, just, just because it makes you bad. Yeah, I bad. Hey, thanks like... for
1: listening, everyone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry. Before, before I go on a rant of those little dots at the end of your posts, I like them. If anyone has any continue.
1: comments or questions, I delete them.
0: email us. I swear I'll at... check them at some point. The show at AdelanRising.com or you can get us on Twitter at Rising one. Um, although you'll see me more often on my own Twitter account, which is now at Ham Sandwich Woman.
1: What? Yeah, By Ham Twitter. Sandwich Woman.
0: I am. I do whatever Ham okay. Sandwich can. It's an A Force reference. If you've read A Force, you know what I'm getting at. Oh uh, no,
2: I hear you. I've read A Force, and I don't remember that. i number. I three. try and keep kosher okay. for the Green. most part. <laughs>
0: Get you number three. That's all you need to know. I understand, Doc. It's okay.
2: And I'm um, the same handle that I've always been,
1: which is my name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you can hit me up at my uh, Tumblr account where I take lots of abuse at Adalandinhumanflavor <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I uh, yeah.
0: Doc takes the brunt of it for us. Doc, we love you, and I appreciate oh, the work you do.
2: Yeah. Thanks for being here, Doc. Oh
1: that's a good enough place to end it, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening.
0: Till next time, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>